Hello, Trip Rogers. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for coming on the Ed Lowe podcast. Um, this is a, another exciting one for me um, because you're Randy's brother. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm his brother. I'm his cousin. We're some kind of relative. So that's what everyone thinks, which is yeah. why they come to all the shows. But it's not. It's, it's really not. <laughs> That's what's so cool, though, about indie wrestling. For people who are listening who have never been to an indie show, the cool thing is, is it really is, even though you're not actually related, it's, it's a family. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, I thought I thought you and Randy were blood-related because he just, that him and his family are so into your gimmick. You know what I mean? And they just, they just, they travel all over you know, the state just coming to wrestling shows and you're one of their favorites and they just, you know, and they have big smiles on their faces and they just, they support the product wherever they go. And it's really awesome. It really is. I, I, it still blows me away, even though it's been months and months now, probably almost a year. I don't know. You'd have to ask Randy. He would remember. But ever since he came to that first ACW show, we, we just have been, been friends because he hit me up with a you know a um, a direct message he slid in the dms as, they say. <laughs> as the youngins say <laughs> yeah as the youngins say and he just he was just thanking me for you know being so outgoing and being nice to him and his family that night and you know signing stuff and whatever and then we just hit it off from there and then he's been him and his family have been to like almost every single show i've been no matter where it is even just last night, I was in Reno. I actually let me go back. Saturday, I was in Fresno and they were there. And then Sunday, <laughs> I was in Reno and they were there. Yeah, they've been going to everything. The level of devotion that they have for for Indian wrestling is just is is uh, way above and beyond. Well, one of the cool things about indie wrestling that's so different is, I mean, if you go to a WWE event, it's big budget. It's really cool. You know, you you get to see. Um, if you've ever been to like a live SmackDown or Raw, it's actually a lot of the times it's a little boring because there's all these takes, you know, in between. And, yeah. You know, it's cool to see the magic behind the TV show. But when you go to an indie show, I mean, there's direct access to the wrestlers. Wrestlers are walking around everywhere, taking pictures with people, mm-hmm. you know, saying hi to your kids. And, you know, for for kids, I mean, it's, it's the coolest thing. If they're into wrestling, watching WWE, they'll love the local guys, you know. And- yeah, and I've, it's so much like a family. It's just crazy, but it's just that that how intimate you can get being at an indie show as compared to being the WWE show. Which I I always preferred that more, whether it was music or wrestling or whatever kind of show I went to. I always liked those little, I guess you could say, independent shows, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, and and that's what's cool too is that I think the coolest thing is is when you get to like I mean I I was. I was involved, I was running SWF Wrestling 2009 to about 2013. And I mean, to see guys like Jeff Cobb came and trained with us for a while, you know what I mean? And worked our shows and JR Kratos and, you know, to see these guys go on to, you know, people like Shotzi Blackheart, you know, like they, they started these little indie shows and now they are in Japan and in WWE and AEW. Brian Cage is another one who worked with us. Will Hobbs, another one who, you know, I, I remember, I remember him when he was like a skinny, like 80 pounds lighter, just, you know, just starting out. And so 
it's just cool to to get to know them on an in, in, intimate level and then when you see them winning championships on tv knowing you knew them when yeah i we were just talking about this because me and my wife had went to a best of the west show and will hobbs was there hmm. and then probably three weeks later he was on you know dynamite whatever right and it's just me and randy were talking about how at east bay there's there's pictures all over the walls of like all their past shows and you can see everybody that's gone through there shotzi blackheart thunder rosa mm-hmm. uh aj kirsch everybody everybody mm-hmm. has, has pretty much been through there and then there's a pic floating around somewhere i wish i could find it and it shows thunder rosa versus shotzi in the east bay ring and right. then it, that's the part that just blows my mind because i'm in there every month same ring same building and look where right. they are now. You know, it's yeah. just crazy. Yeah. Well, this is what I think is interesting to you about you. I, well, first of all, you're the first person uh, that I've done on this podcast that I've I've interviewed where I haven't, I didn't know, I haven't known you for 15, 20 years. Like I've been around and involved in pro wrestling, the indie wrestling scene since probably 19. I mean, it really, the year 2000 is when it really started, you know, when, when SPW first started was where that kind of blew up this this NorCal scene. Before then, it was just all pro wrestling, you know, and big-time wrestling occasionally. And then SPW came along, and that, in my mind, that's what really blew up the scene because then the Reno guys started coming, and then, you know, they I think NAW down in Fresno had already kind of started up, and all these different things had happened. And so I knew, like, you know, I've known Chupacabra, and I've known Riv and, and, and uh, Johnny Butabi forever, but you... I first ran into you, you know, at a, at a at a next love or I'm sorry, at an Action Coast wrestling show, and you you got over so quick just by your your wrestling gimmick, your 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 getup. You're wearing you wear like a, an MVP, like the same type of the same type of gimmick that like an MVP or like a Mark Henry wears, but everyone's every Christina Von Airy just said it looked like a onesie, and then it boom, looked, that it just and it just it's. <laughs> it just took off like wildfire and it's just crazy and it still blows my mind when I hear it or see it where I'm not expecting to hear it. I'm like, okay, they don't know nothing and it's all of a sudden there it goes again and the whole mm-hmm. crowd starts chanting it and then, you know, I just go along with it but it it it's just crazy how, how the stupidest thing can just take off like that. Yeah, and it, and it does and you've, and you've done a great job with it. I mean, the cool thing about you, I think, is well. Let's let's start there. When did you start? When did you start training for pro wrestling? <laughs> well, if you ask my wife, it was in <laughs> it was in '86 when I saw Hogan drop the leg, brother. <laughs> in the backyard every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but professionally, I didn't like legit. I've been around like a long time, like Kurt White's big time wrestling up in Newark, you know, mm-hmm. and Milo. And I would help with run the shows. I would I you know, I've known I've known Butabi, uh, Jason Styles, all these guys for year, Dark Sheik for year I mean years. Mm-hmm. Years. Mm-hmm. But I never got in the ring to train for whatever dumb reason. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, life just got in the way and I started having kids, got married, got divorced, got married again. <laughs> and then and then I just happened to 
So a buddy that we no longer talk to, I won't say any names, but we don't talk to, but we hung out all the time. And then a buddy that he met at his job told him about me and, and, and blah, 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 blah. And said, hey, the next time you see this guy in the store, because we work the same store, uh, let him know that that Cena rules because I hate I hate Cena. <laughs> so so I'm in there doing my job. Right. And I hear, hey, Cena rules. And I turn around and it's Jason Hastings. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's how that's how we met. And, and all this really started was because me and him met in the store and became friends. And then he. He asked me, hey, could you come to a show and be my bodyguard? I'm like, yeah, no problem. And at the time, I was 254 pounds, hmm. just huge from my mm-hmm. box and drinking Mountain Dew all day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I, was, I just showed up to the show. I was just going to be the bodyguard. I was just going to throw a super kick and interfere. That's all I was going to do. Okay. Hadn't done anything, no, no training, no nothing. And the end of the show was a battle royal, and somebody didn't show up, and they said, "Trip, you're gonna go in there." I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like I've been, I've watched it my whole life, but I don't like legit know what to do. And they're just a bunch of vets were just like, just listen to us. It's just a battle royal, no worries. And I ended up taking my first bump in the match from a double clothesline and. And it, it, it bit me, the, the bug bit me and I was hooked. And so, um, I searched out, I actually called Milo to see if Jason Styles was still training up in Newark for Kurt. And I come to find out that he was, he was training, but not, not over there. So mm-hmm. I hit him up and, and I started driving to Los Banos cause it was only like 45 minutes away from me mm-hmm. twice a week. And, uh, and the rest is history. <laughs> nice, nice. So you trained with Jason Styles. Yeah, that's a good trainer. You know? Yeah, he's he's been around a long time. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Who was in I, your class I, with you? Was it just you, or were there other guys that came out with you? Oh no, there was there was a bunch of other guys. Um, as far as I know, there's only one that's still working. Hmm. Who's that? And, and for the life of me, I can never say his name correctly. Mm. Nick Necro- Dark Necrosis? Necrosis Black, however you say it. Yeah. Dark Necrosis. Yes, thank you. Dude, so he came it's the, I love that guy. He so he come he came over to uh I, I trained I finished up my training uh with uh, Johnny Jeter. Um I I trained with him for yep. about a year, just about a I don't know, year and a half ago. And yep. uh, Necrosis came down and and he had already been trained but he wanted to put some polish on and me and that guy, we did, I don't know how many matches we did over the course of a year. Just like <laughs> we were practically married. I love him, though. He's such a good guy. He's, he's, a, he's a great guy. Yeah. So. Me, he actually came here. So I have, you know, like the, the ring for Action Coast mm-hmm. or CWA is, is here in my garage. So me and Torchy, Daniel Torch, mm-hmm. will hold an open ring for guys that, that, that are pretty close by. They just want to, you know, stay in shape. Not mm-hmm. not running a school, not training newbies or nothing like that, but just just to keep up on stuff. And Necrosis came by a few times, so. Oh yeah, he, he was yeah. telling me he, he was telling me about the Jeter thing. Oh, so dude, I, didn't, I didn't know that you went there too. That's pretty cool. 
<clears throat> yeah, I did. You know, it's funny because I trained. My story is so different. I, I, uh, it's actually very similar to yours. You know, I started. I trained with uh, Oliver John back in 1998 when Pro I Am. It, it was it, in that school. I mean, Justin, who does Next Level, it was right down the way from where he has his Next Level Pro Wrestling uh, uh, gimmick right there. And so we would we trained there, and I was there for about two or three months, and it shut down. And so I didn't I didn't know what to do, and I had a buddy in a mattress in my backyard. So we just started training in our backyard, like learning what we you know doing what we had learned, and uh, and then people started showing up and watching, and uh, and then it turned into like two three hundred people on a on a Friday night like backyard wrestling, and uh, and then that ended up w- with me hooking up with the guy who ultimately started SPW, Rich Roby, and hooking up with the guys down in Stockton, like Jesus Cruz and Dave Touchstone and all these guys, and, and you know, got the ring together and started doing everything together there. But I, so I started wrestling shows for SPW and a couple other places, little places around, but I never finished my training. I mean, I'm six foot seven, so it's not like I have to take a lot of bumps, you know I mean? They just like me throwing people around. So when I decided I wanted to get back into it, I, I you know, it was actually Johnny through Dave Dutra had called and he was looking for a couple of guys to help him set up his ring. So I went in there and I met him and we started talking and he's like, do you want to start training? And I'd never finished. And I, it was kind of one of those things where I was like, I don't understand why I never finished. I mean, I ran pro wrestling shows, you know what I mean? I ran a promotion for a few years. It was really successful at that. So I finally said, you know what? I'm just going to do this, like check it off the list and finally finish. And I did. And I got to tell you, I couldn't have been it couldn't have been a better experience because Johnny is so detail oriented and so polished. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you get so much better uh, just watching what he has what he has to say. And he said something really funny that I think would apply to what you were saying to your battle royal. Because I would just overthink all the moves. You know what I mean? He'd just be like, "Okay, so I want you to do this." And I'd be like, "Okay, do I do I put my hand here? Do I put my hand there?" And he finally looked at me and he's like, "You've been watching wrestling your whole life, right? Okay, you know how to do that move." Okay, just do it. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah. okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, you can figure it out. There's a little technicalities here and there, but you know, if you've watched enough, you can figure it out. Yeah, and I think that's why my wife always says that that I've been, I've been pretty much doing this my whole life was because, really, I have. <laughs> right, right. Ever, I mean, I didn't watch nothing like nothing, like mm-hmm. no football, no baseball. It was wrestling twenty four seven. Right. I was either watching it, I was playing it on the original Nintendo mm-hmm. and every console since. <laughs> uh, I was in the backyard, like that 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 was it. That's my life. That's so so you're about my age. You're a little bit older than me, but I mean, what is your favorite era of wrestling? Oh, uh, see it's <laughs> that's a tough question. Cause, you know, obviously I grew up with Hogan, Macho Warrior. Right. Rick Rude. Bobby Heenan. I love that, but I also love the Attitude Era. Right. And I, I, named, I, I named my first, my only son, actually, Austin, after Stone Cold. Dude, me too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, my oldest son's Austin. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, I tried to, I tried to slip by Hogan as the middle name. I couldn't get that one passed. But I got, I got Austin. Yeah. I actually, my daughter's name is Piper. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> she won't admit that it's Roddy Piper. She, but it, but it is, yeah. And then, uh, no, that's so funny. That's so funny. So, so uh, let me ask you a question. I was just thinking about this today. 
So WrestleMania six, you obviously were watching. Were you a Hogan guy or a Warrior guy? I was Hogan all the Me way. Me too. Me too. All the way. God, that was so broad. It was so heartbreaking, wasn't it? it? Yeah, and while my best friend from third grade, we're still friends to this day, it was the Warrior fan. So he was, you know, hooping and hollering, and I was just like, ah, heartbreaking. Yeah. My birthday's in April, and it always coincided with WrestleMania. So, of course, every year of my entire life has been a WrestleMania party. Nice. And I remember I remember all the friends I had. I grew up in Mod- – well, I, that time I was in Modesto. I grew up in Sacramento, but I was in Modesto then. And the room was, like, split in half. Like, there were the Hogan people and there were the Warrior people. And, man, when Warrior won, I just – my heart sank because I was such a big <laughs> Warrior – I was such a big Hogan guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So – so what what do who got you into wrestling? This, actually it's it's a pretty funny story. So when my parents split, I grew up in Chowchilla. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you know where that is. If you blink, you'll miss it as you're passing by to Madeira or Fresno. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so my parents split, I was like, I don't know, six or seven. Hmm. And my dad my dad was working extra hours and was trying to, you know do everything he could and he brought me over a toy he couldn't afford that that christmas he couldn't afford really much to give us for for christmas and so he brought me this but i still have it i should have got it out it's a little hulk hogan doll Mm. and i didn't know who it was and he didn't know who it was he just knew it was an action figure and he figured okay at least i can give him something and he gave me that and i asked my mom and she goes, oh, that's Hulk Hogan. And she she uh, turned the, the channel 53 out of Fresno one, <laughs> one Saturday morning and said, here you go. This is Hulk Hogan. And the rest is history from that. That was just, yeah. I was hooked. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Dude, that, and, but I don't think people understand. I think that the, the coolest thing about Hulk Hogan, I don't, I mean, he gets all the credit in the world, right? I shouldn't say he doesn't get enough credit, but I don't think people understand that he like the fact that he never went bad until he turned NWO like he 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 I mean he extended his career another 10 years oh, by just by just turning heel and then ushered in an entire new era I mean if it wasn't for Hogan being a part of that I do not believe wrestling would have gotten as hot as it did I I I've had the same argument like yes there was Stone Cold and the Rock but I think Hogan turning heel and doing the whole NWO thing just blew it like <laughs> sky high. Oh yeah, I mean, because because I don't think I don't think that Austin and The Rock become Austin and The Rock if it weren't for Hulk Hogan turning heel, going to WCW, starting the NWO, and crushing Vince. I mean, so when yeah. you think of, when you think about that, I mean, Hulk Hogan really is the one who 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 ushered in the biggest, the two biggest boom eras of wrestling. Both of them. Yep. He is 100% responsible for everything we have now. (laughs) I know. And it's, it's crazy. And to think that, I mean, man, that's, so like I said, I know he gets all the credit in the world, but I don't know if he gets enough because that's huge. You know, I mean, huge. Because I know he said some stupid stuff, but as far as like in the ring stuff and taking wrestling where he's taking it, he does not get enough credit. No. And I also don't think that, you know, the one thing that people forget about, I, I think, and of course we're defending Hulk Hogan here and some people are not going to be a big fan of that, but 
But I think that people don't understand that that he was also a really shrewd businessman. Like, did he make some mistakes? But like, you know what I mean? You don't get to stay on top as long as he did without being a little cutthroat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> what's what's the saying? You you can either make friends or you can make money. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So do do you now you and Jason Hastings? Are you? I mean, you guys seem to be pretty close. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 No in the store when we met we've yeah we've been best friends nice and so now now you guys did did you get him into wrestling or vice versa as far as training uh no actually he was already he was running cwa oh, okay and uh with his with his partners and everybody and then the other stuff they had done in fresno and when i came along then they they ended up buying this this ring that we have now, and then I've just been involved ever since. Nice. <laughs> I'm pretty nice. much. He called me part owner, but I'm not. I just haul the ring and I set it up. <laughs> <laughs> paying your dues, man. You've been yeah. paying your dues a long time. So, so when was your first match? Uh, it was the Battle Royal in April of seventeen? Wow. So you've only been doing this six years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you started when you were 39. That's when you broke in. Yep. Man. So do you tell me what you think about, I mean, being a guy, I mean, most people, they start when they're 18, 19 and young and kind of dumb and doing crazy stuff. Tell me what you think your journey has been that makes you different. If, if I may, just real quick before we get to that, uh -huh. at 19, when I lived in Lompoc mm. down by Santa Maria, Mm -hmm. I was, I didn't, all my roommates were leaving. My one buddy was going to Texas. My other buddy was going back to Oregon. I didn't want to go back to Chowchilla. So I would, I had talked to my buddy that was moving to Texas because that's where Shawn Michaels' school was. <laughs> nice. And I go with him mm. and, and move out there and go to that school. And I didn't. I got back with my ex and stayed in Lompoc. But, you know, mm -hmm. that's a, <laughs> but, you know, what if what if I had done it then instead of now? But you know everything happens for a reason, right? Right. Um, I'm sorry. Go back. To, go back to what you were asking me. Oh, well, I was just asking you. What do you think? Well, hold on. Before we go on that, let me let me ask you about that though. You know, it's funny because I sometimes think about that too, right? Like I I went personally. I mean, do you do you have any regret that you didn't do that? As far like. Well, of course, in your head, you're like, oh, man, if I would have went, this could have happened, that could have happened. But then at the same time, I think if I had done that, I wouldn't have met my my wife, the first wife, and I wouldn't have had my kids. Mm -hmm. And and then I wouldn't have met my second wife. And then who knows, you know, where I'd be or what would happen. But, I mean, I don't know if I call it regret, just, just, just a what if, like. Man, if I had yeah. gone, there, what could have happened? You know, yeah. Could well, I? It's, it, could I have been on TV? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because it, it's so interesting the parallels. Because, so yeah, I had the same thing. Like I was going on a mission for my church. Yeah. And uh, and and when I was 18 years old, uh, I did a couple of matches with SPW, and I remember um, he goes by Coach Nugs now, but at the time he was Joe Applebomber. Yep. And uh, I asked him to watch my match. Uh, I worked a hard, uh, his name was the Hardcore Hustler. 
good guy, trained by Buzz Sawyer, like good worker, knew what he was doing, really took care of me in the ring considering I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, um, it was like a it was like a championship match. Like they put me in a championship match with two months training. And so anyway, I do the, I do the match and I come back and, and he pulls me aside and he just goes, he just goes, listen, man, like you're, you know, he goes, you got the size, you, you know, what you know, you, considering your, your training or whatever you did, you know, you did a great job. You need to go out and either go to the monster factory or go to wild Samoans training school. And he's like, go to one of those places because this place is a death trap, which it, it was, there was like no, nobody was looking out here. You know what I mean? And, um, and so I actually contacted, um, Afa, the wild Samoan and, was planning on going out there. He was talking about how he was going to get me a job working, working in security and doing this stuff and all these things. And I was thinking about doing that. And I ended up going on a mission instead. And it changed the entire trajectory of my life. Cause then I, same thing, right? Like had a bunch of kids, you know, got married, had, you know, uh, went to school and I became a lawyer and things are great. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, I've done really well for myself, but there's a little part of me that I'm like, what would have happened? Yeah. You know, but, but at the same time, think about it, right? Like, we, if you if you had done that and you'd become successful, you'd be on the road all the time. You'd never see your kids. You know what I mean? You, you'd would be I, one of those strat- those tragedies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would I have kids? Would I have, you know, multiple kids with multiple different people? Who, you know, the it's just, well, you know how wrestling is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I, I, I think just because I... I like being a dad too much that I try not to let it think of like being regrets of doing it because I'm going to try not to cry, but I just, I, I, I like being a dad and, and to think that just even the thought of that, if I had done that and they weren't here, like, I don't know, just, it doesn't seem, doesn't seem right or fair. Oh, dude, you, you hit it right on the head, man. Like I, how old are your kids? Uh, the twins are 10. Okay. And, and uh, my oldest is, she'll be 20 this year. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So you got them, you got a span of my, I've, I've got four. They're 16, 14, 12, and 10. Okay. And, uh, and then my stepdaughter. And how old is she? 16. 16. Okay. So yeah. yeah. Man, those, those teenage daughters, let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. My kids, my daughters went and spent a week uh, camping with their mom, and uh, and it was just me and the boys. And my mom asked, <laughs> my mom asked them, like, "Do you miss your sisters?" And they're like, "Not at all." <laughs> they're like, they're like, it's crazy. There's been no drama. Nobody's yelling at each other. Nobody's fighting. We just all kind of go and we eat pizza and we watch movies and we're just everything's great, you know. Yep. <laughs> so. But but having kids, man, like it, it's it's my favorite thing in the world. You know, as as rewarding as it is to finally be in wrestling and do it, like it's it's I've been extremely blessed and uh, and it's very rewarding. But watching my kids achieve something just there's there's it doesn't compare to anything. Like I I can't I can't top anything when I watch them achieve something, right. you know, I don't, if, if that, that makes sense. <laughs> it does. I love it. I love watching, <clears throat> like you've ran, you've, you've been, you got them at all stages too. And it's just fun to watch them 
learn and grow, make mistakes, learn again, like find their own passions, Yeah, you know, and, uh, um, you know, like I, I've always been a big sports guy and, you know, my oldest son, I tried to push him into basketball, talk to him about wrestling. He did one year of amateur wrestling and just got torched. And he just was like, he's like, no, thanks. I mean, I mean, he started a little late, so he was getting beat up by a bunch of guys who were like, done it for a while. But, but the point is, is that like, you know, watching them develop, like he's a big guitar player and a singer and like all these things that I could never be. And it's just so cool to, to watch that. Yeah. And see, that's the exact opposite. My whole family, that's all they do. Everybody plays and sings. And, and that was like the, like, okay, here, you're going to, you know, they would stand in church, Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Me and my sister would be up there singing. And I couldn't play. I tried to play the drums. I tried to play every instrument known to man. Because, huh. you know, because you know, I wanted to be like dad. Because he, right. he was up on the, the platform by the pastor every Sunday playing. And mm-hmm. grandma on the piano and my, my uncle on the drums. And so the whole family's played. But I, it was just wrestling for me. And yeah. And whatever, whatever I've told, I've told all of them, whatever passions that you want to do, I'm not going to push mine onto you. Like if you don't want to do wrestling because I'm, you know, if I'm doing it and you want to do it, cool, let's do it. If you don't, you got some other passion, let's go for it. Whatever you want to do. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't want to push anything on them at all. Let them make their decisions, whatever passions they have, let's go get it. So what, uh, what do your kids think about you wrestling? They, well, behind, if they're not there, they, they, they love it because we always talk about it. They always ask me about my gear or my boots or what hurts or, you know, when this happens, what do you do and blah, 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 blah. But when they're there, they're booing me and calling a onesie just like everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But that's what you want, right? They're, yeah. they're into the gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. Bub, Bub, uh, my son. He's a, he's a little social butterfly, so he'll be like he'll slap my hand, but then the rest of the time he'll boo me. But then mm. the girl, they'll they'll just straight up and boo me right in my face, just you know like that. <laughs> Don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> Do um so so tell me the the development of your character. Where where did you come up with the character that you have? I mean, your your Trip Rogers. You wear <laughs> you wear the onesie. Where did it come from? So. Originally, when I was just a bodyguard, I was, I was dressed up like Mr. Hughes. Mm. So I was in, I had the, the tie, the, you know, the white shirt and everything. So that's all I was doing. And the name came from because I was, I was going to be in that battle royal, but I didn't have a name. So when I came out for the singles match uh, where I was the bodyguard, I was just introduced as Jason Hayson's bodyguard. But then, but then when I was going out for the for the battle, I'm like, uh, "What are we gonna call me?" And someone just yelled my name backwards. Said, "Say his name backwards, Trip Rogers." And and it stuck. It just it just seems to flow. And then uh, when I started training, and I told Jason, I was like, "I you know I'm gonna start training." Uh, we became a tag team. And he just took on the. He was already called the best looking everything. So when I came along and became his partner, we became the best looking everything. And so it's, nice. just, it's just kind of stuck. Hmm. So then I, t- because, so back to the whole family playing music and stuff. 
So my grandma, like, went through all these talent shows and beat, beat all these, like, high-end names that were in country music until she started going to church, and then she stopped. And then, But she had a band called Jackie Lee and the Ramblin' Playboy. <laughs> That's, I've been using that as kind of like a, like a tribute to her. Been calling hmm. myself the Ramblin' Playboy. Nice. So, and then the gear was just, I always, I always liked, like you said, MVP, uh, Dustin Rhodes, that, that, hmm. that style of, uh, bodysuit, I guess, or onesie, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> and so the first one I got made was like, was real shiny pleather. And I didn't realize that it was going to be hot as you know what. And so when I wore it that night against Christina, like it legit looks like like when I look at it now and I just laugh because it does look like a trash bag and it's yeah. like fuzzy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then ever since then, because I after that, after I was going to get done with that suit, because I'm I'm still, uh, you know, working on my conditioning and and, and uh, dropping weight and trying to tone up as much as I can. Um, I was going to ditch it and just go tights. But now that this whole thing has taken off, I've already had, you know, I think two more made that are the same because, because it's just it's just over. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the gimmick. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's, a, it's the best when those things happen organically. Right, right. And I had I actually had um, tights and a singlet that I'd worn before I'd gotten that. Mm-hmm. It's the same colors, Bret Hart. You know, pink and black. So. But then when that came along and that took off, I was just like, okay, that's all it's going to be from now on until it dies out and then I'll change it up. But yeah, so far it's still run wild, brother. <laughs> so, so what are you, excuse me, so what are you weighing now? Uh, I weighed my, I just, I actually just hired a nutri- uh, like legit nutritionist. Oh, okay. Thank you, Stone Cold, for the recommendation. <laughs> uh, um, seriously. Uh, <laughs> I'm at 189 right now. Nice. I was 205 when I started this new program. So, and I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to lean it out and then, you know, bulk up. Nice. So did you just, did, did your weight loss, uh, coincide with training with wrestling or were you already trying the process? No, I was, like I said, it was Mountain Dew and Xbox. And then I went to go be a bodyguard and then I took that bump in the battle royal. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to get in shape. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had a few matches after that, and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to do something. So I, just, I, started, I started with keto, and I dropped, I dropped a pretty good amount in, like, pretty fast. But it didn't mm. – like, I couldn't get past where I wanted to get. Mm. And that's pretty much where I've been for the last few years, which mm. is also kind of nice with the, with the onesie because it kind of covers it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what is your goal? What are you like? Do you have a goal weight? If I, I would like to just get where, where the stomach is, is lean. And if I could get, if I could get to 220, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but good, good muscle, I'd be mm-hmm. happy. Even, yeah. even at, at 200, but just be where my gut is, is flat. I don't even have to see the abs. I don't need to look like Rick Rude. I just, you know, yeah, just want to look good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just want to look good with your shirt off. Right. Yeah, that it's dude, it's it's harder when you're our age. 
you know what I mean? It's, it's harder to lose, but you know, just discipline and dieting and, and, yeah. you know, going to the gym every day and, you know, you can get there. So and that was what I had in my, cause I drove the four hours from Reno last night and I got back here to Modesto at 1130 and mm -hmm. I'd be up at work at work by six. And I was like, oh, I don't have my meals though. So I went in the kitchen. I, I was out there till like 2.45 prepping for the week. Nice. So Man. I and then I got up and went to work and then I got home in time for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you're disciplined. That's good. That's yep. good. Do you think, what, what do you think uh, training, at, starting and training and debuting at 39, do you think that you work differently than you would have if you were 19? Uh, maybe not by much because <clears throat> as somebody pointed out, I'm, I'm more of an entertainer than I am anything else. Right. <laughs> so it would probably pretty much be this, be the same. Um, I remember there's some stuff I used to do in the backyard that I wouldn't do now. I know that. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah. But you know what the thing is, is it's funny because, um, I remember hearing, uh, Scott Hall tell a story and I think he was talking about a couple of the luchadors and he was saying something really interesting and it always stuck with me is he said the luchadors would go out there and they do all these flips and all these things and you know they would do all these uh, head scissors and all that stuff and the crowd would go crazy and then they'd come to the back and I'd look at him and I'd say all right watch me get that same reaction with a headlock you know what I mean and and uh it's so true. I think if you're really, I mean, maybe I'm a little old school with this, but I think the most impressive pro wrestlers are the ones who don't have to do anything and can still get over. Like yeah. that match, that match between, uh, it, what was the, the pay-per-view before WrestleMania where Roman Reigns wrestled Sami Zayn in Montreal? I can't remember the name of the pay-per-view. But you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. They didn't do anything in that match. And the, and the crowd was so hot for everything. <laughs> yeah. You know? And and that's what's so good about guys like Randy Orton or Roman Reigns or Sami Zayn, where they don't have to do a bunch of flips and put people through tables, light people on fire, exploding rings. Yeah. And they just get over. Right. And and a lot of that stuff, what is what is it what is it at the end of the day, what's it mean? Did you tell us right. was there any emotion whatsoever? It's it's a cool move, but did it mean anything? Right. Well, I can tell you also as a promoter who was trying to make money on wrestling, when someone started talking about who the best wrestler was, I used to always say, the best wrestler is the one who draws the most. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so if you can put butts in the seats, I don't care, you know, if you can do a thousand holds. If you can put butts in the seats, you go out there and do a few body slams. That's all that matters, you know? And butts that Hogan put in seats. Right. Right, a ton. And, and what did he? What did he do? <laughs> he right. pulled, big boot, dropped a leg, and imposed. Well, <laughs> yeah, and, and when you think about it, right? I mean, not to knock on anybody, but who do people remember? Dean Malenko or The Rock? Right. You know? I've had they, to they, times. <laughs> yeah, and the, and you know what? It's it, you said you mentioned. Uh, I'm more of an entertainer than a wrestler. Well, yeah, but you're the one that people remember. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like I walked away. I gotta. I'll tell you. I walked away from that show. Your match was the one I remembered. You know what I mean? 
appreciate and, that. And, and that's what and that's what matters. And when you get out there, you get some of the biggest reactions. You guys, you of all the newer guys that I've seen, you and Too Fresh are the ones that I think get the biggest reactions that I've that I've seen. Yeah. You, know? you guys are in a lot of are you guys on a lot of shows together? Oh yeah, we've worked tons of shows together. Yeah. Tons. Tons. There's <laughs> There's a clip where they rib me and Jason. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I should say this on the air. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Put it out there. It's been all over Facebook, so it doesn't matter. And it was years ago. So they, they is a tag team title match, CWA. It's me and Jason against Two Fresh against uh, the Collectors. Mm-hmm. And so Two Fresh makes their way out. Collectors make their way out. We come out, you know, strutting, whatever. And then we notice that Two Fresh are gone. And we're like, where... We're, we're all, the collectors don't know, we don't know, well, let's go, what's going on? So their music hits, and here comes my wife. And she's got the glasses on, and one of their vests, and then they're behind her, and they're all dancing, and they're doing their thing, yelling too fresh, and she just dances all the way around the ring, and they throw the towel in my face, and I'm trying hard not to smile, because I was so proud of her, but at the same time, I was trying to stay in character and be mad. <laughs> yeah, me and those guys go way back, way back. That's awesome, and they're they're good guys too. They're yes, really they awesome. Yes, they so, are. So, so if you had, I mean, who? Everybody's got kind of favorite opponents. Who's your favorite guy to work? Oh man, you know, I. It's tough. It's real tough because me and Zoe have had some some damn good singles matches. Hmm. Uh, I love working with either one of them, really. Either one of them. Um, I finally got to work Butabi. Butabi I can't even say his name. Butabi. Mm. And I, not that long ago, I, I wrestled Chupi. So, I mean, well, it's a tough call because it was just so easy and so fun. And I didn't mm-hmm. have to think about nothing. And it was just, it was just on the fly. And it nice. was great. I, I, I can't pick one. There's mm. <laughs> for too many different reasons. I can't just pick one favorite opponent. Not yet. Is it, is there anybody out there that you is like your like your on your list that you want to work? Oh, the dream or like legit? I, both. Let's let's start with like who's your dream? You could wrestle anybody, and then legit who's who's somebody that you you would love to. Work around here. If I could wrestle like a dream opponent just one time would be Shawn Michaels. Oh yeah, because a oh. lot of my, a lot of my stuff uh, like I know I wear pink and black and I love Brit, but Shawn was like I grew I grew up loving Hogan, but Shawn was the one that made me want to actually go do it. Hmm. So, so a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff is is Shawn. Hmm. Now. Somebody that I would want to. Uh, definitely funny. I'd love to do. I'd love to do some hardcore stuff with Funny Bone. Oh, nice. That would be. That would be. That would be awesome. I would you, love to do that. You you want to do a hardcore match? Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I so when I when I was wrestling back in two thousand, I mean that was right at the height of like ECW. So everybody was doing like tables and chairs and barbed <laughs> wire. 
I don't know how. I don't know how many. What's that? I know that that bone right there. I know all too well from the backyard. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I I don't know how many tables I went through and how many times I got suplexed on the <laughs> concrete or like, you know what I mean? Just all these different things and. I just, oh man, I mean, I think it would be cool. I would always, I always thought it would be cool to do a cage match. I'd love to do that. Or a war games would be fun. Yeah. But like just some like, let's just do some hardcore match where we're smashing each other with chairs and tables. I'm like, mm, <laughs> I'm kind of past that, man. <laughs> I did a ladder match and I ended up doing the, the, the flare spot off the top rope that he would always oh. do. Oh, you wow. Know, they would catch him and then, you know, gorilla press him off. Right. So I was like, hey, let's do the flare spot, but we'll do it on the ladder. Oh, bad idea. <laughs> That's over a year ago. My ribs still hurt, and I have a permanent lump on my back that mm. is never going to go away. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's. I think I'm more of a, like, you've heard the story of uh, John Moxley talking about all the stuff he wanted to do with Brock, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and Brock's like, we don't got to do all that, right? <laughs> we don't have to do all that. Yeah, we can just do a body slam. That's fine. <laughs> Man, that's that's impressive, especially at our age that you want to that you want to keep doing that stuff. I mean, we, well, do so. We've talked about kind of your you know people you want to work, favorite opponents. Is there anybody? You probably don't want to shoot on anybody, but can you tell me what your worst match experience has been? Uh, you, to be like completely honest, honest to God, like I don't know if I would say I have a, a worse one. Really, I've got, I've got somewhere I'm like, oh, I should have done this, but that was in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I can't really say that, like I hated it or, or anything like that. The whole match. Hmm. All of them, all of them so far have been like, okay, this I could tweak, that I could tweak, but, but really no bad experiences really. Like, like we shit the bed. Pardon hmm. me. No, that's fine. You know, it's interesting too. I think that now, more so than ever, like, like I said, I've been around for a long time, and I have seen a lot of promotions come and go, and and like right now, I can't think of any bad ones like ones that you know i mean there's a couple that you probably don't want to you know you probably prefer not to but i don't think there's one out there where someone would say hey i got a booking so and so you know it's some promotion and, and other people are going to be talking bad about it i mean it really seems like everybody's on the up and up yeah it, i'm i'm really like i'd always i'd always you know there was always before i got in the business there was always the talk of you know you don't go into this town because so-and-so's running you don't go into this town because so-and-so's running hmm. but over i've i've noticed just just a few short years i've been doing it that like best of the west cwa action coast blacklist you know east bay we all we're all like like everybody's getting along and yeah. we had we had that big super show with four companies, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it was just a, a tremendous success and we're thinking about doing another one. Yeah. And, and everybody's just getting along and, and everybody's calling everybody up. Hey, I got this guy. You got room on your card, you know, and vice versa. And everybody's, everybody's 
being cool and it's it's i think it's what it's needed for a long time well and also i i think because uh indie and i, and I, I give a lot of credit to hood slam for this but i also give a lot of credit for all elite wrestling as well indie wrestling is on the rise like there's a lot more fans when i was running shows if you could draw a hundred people people were stoked yeah. you know what i mean like you, yeah. you you drew huge you know now those are kind of like you you know if you drew a hundred people it was kind of an off night you know in some of these and uh and now i mean people it's routine that people are drawing three four five hundred people you know hood slam can draw a thousand to two thousand at times <laughs> i mean it, you know so there's it's it's not as much of a dog eat dog world where you know like you could go to in sacramento you could go to Next Level Pro, Action Coast Wrestling, SPW, and Elk Grove. All of them are going to, you know, sell sell good tickets. You're going to see a lot of different wrestlers and so even some of the same. And they'll all run in one month and everyone will do well. I mean, yeah. it's 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 actually a, a pretty cool time to be involved. It really is. And and I, that's another reason I think everything happens for a reason. That's why I didn't start till 38. And that's why I'm involved now. Whatever that reason is, I don't know, but I'm gonna enjoy it until the wheels fall off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you, have you had any? Have you had any bad injuries yet? I mean, you mentioned the one in your back, but I mean, anything that, that just and that's just from the same match was, and, and the back doesn't hurt. It's just a lump. It's, mm. just, it's just calcified or whatever they say. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the same match is just the ribs will. I'll, like Saturday, I was I was working torch and I just felt something pop like mid match. Mm. I and like all my breath was gone. I mm. I could not breathe and it was I was just in so much pain and uh, I and just being stubborn because I don't want to go get it checked out and them tell me I got to take six months off. <laughs> Where was it? Where was it? What part of your body? Oh, my ribs. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. yeah. So you heard a pop in your ribs? Yeah, oh. And I was like, oh, what? I, and I was like, man, not again, because because it's been hurting me since the ladder match, right? And and then like my last five or six matches, it hasn't been bothering me. So I was like, oh, cool, it finally healed, you know. Mm. And then Saturday, it it popped back up. <laughs> oh, what, was it a certain move? Did you get body slammed, or you get take a take a bad bump? What happened? That's what we were trying. That's what me and Torchy were trying to figure out. Like, cause it was pretty early on, and we we're trying to go over the <laughs> the moves that we had done, and I couldn't really pinpoint it. But somewhere in there, it was either the lion salt or the double stomp or something uh, that hmm. he off the rope uh, somewhere along those lines. Yeah. Oh man. So. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so so when's your uh, when's your next show? You're not taking any time off, obviously. So you working this next weekend too? Yep. Yep. The, the, Yep, this next right. weekend is Action Coast uh, twelve year anniversary. Oh yeah, that's right. I'll be there too. Well, nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Man, yeah, we probably got to defend the straps. Oh, nice. Right on. Yeah, I'll be on that one. Yeah, me and Derevko, we're going at it, and that's going to be a that's going to be a good one. I've I've been wanting to. That's one of. I, he actually Derevko is is probably one of the first friends I made in wrestling him and him and justin both um they just yeah i mean they were both training over there at pro i am when i was there and then derevko's just always been around ever since you yeah. know and 
just a good dude, you know. And I don't think that's another guy who I don't think gets enough credit. He for, does. I mean, he he has given so many guys opportunities over the years. And I'm one of them. Yeah. We he contacted Jason about renting the ring. <clears throat> you know, for Action Coast and 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 everything was all set up and he asked, you know, if I could get on the card and Drevco told him, yeah, he, he can work uh, Joe DeSoul. And then DeSoul came through the curtain and said, Trip can be on, on a card whenever he wants. And so hmm. been there ever since. <laughs> nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, and, and, the, so, and the thing is, is if he believes in you, like he will spout you to everybody. Like, that was, I was just going to say that because of Jarevko, that's how I got into East Bay. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and now I'm a tag champ over there too. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like Levi Shapiro is a great example. Like, I mean, nobody really believed in Levi except Jarevko. And he pushed him everywhere, everywhere. And now Levi is one of the best. I mean, he's yeah. so good at what he does. Mm -hmm. So Derevko is not afraid to to put to put someone over, and uh, and so you've you've been a, a beneficiary of that yourself. It sounds yep. like. Yep. And I've worked him a few times, and it's it's <laughs> just like Butabi and Chupi. It's just it's an easy night at the office. Like I don't have to worry about nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a, just a cakewalk, and it's it's so much fun that way. I I don't know how to. I keep trying to tell these. The, the younger guys, not that I have any clout. I don't have any seniority in this business whatsoever. That's not what I'm saying. But I just keep trying to tell the younger guys coming up just, you know, you don't have to do A through Z and all this stuff you're trying to fit in in, in a five-minute match. Right. Just just watch Drevko. Watch Butabi, you know, whoever. Watch watch how they're doing things. And it's it's so easy and and – and it'll it'll sink in one day i think <laughs> yeah no it's true and that's butabi's another one man he just every match I've, I've never seen him have a bad match yeah ever yeah he's just he's so good at everything he does so if if i can yeah so w me and butabi have only worked each other one time okay and it was at a birthday party <laughs> <laughs> and and i was like hey and I was nervous because it was this is the first time I was working somebody that I knew was a vet. And, you know, so my nerves were like sky high. And I was like, hey, what do you want to do? And we're going over all this stuff. And then right before we go, go to go out the curtain, he's all, you know, all that stuff we talked about. I'm like, yeah, he goes, forget it. We're not doing any of it. I was like, well, what are we doing? And he just walked out. <laughs> I'm like, and so I'm standing in the curtain like, what in the hell just happened? <laughs> what am I gonna do? And and we just we just talked, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is this is amazing. I like yeah. this this I like doing this just on the fly." Yeah, it was cool. He and he can do that, and he's yeah. just he he's another one who you know when I was running shows, I would always ask people, you know, because I, I I tended to draw like a non traditional wrestling crowd, a lot of casual fans. So I'd make a point of asking him, like, hey, who do you remember? Who was your favorite? He was always the favorite. Even when, you know, he actually, over the last, probably around the same time, you know, you've been doing your body transformation. He's come a long way. I mean, he was yeah. pretty heavy himself. Yeah. And, uh, but even back when he was heavy and working for me, everyone remembered him. 
Yeah. You know, his his matches were always just he he could get have a good match with anybody. Yeah, if you can make that if you can make that personal connection, that's what's going to get you remembered. You sure anybody can go do a 450 or whatever, well, not everybody, but you know what yeah. I'm trying to say. <laughs> right. Right. Sure, yeah. they'll remember that move, but are they going to remember your name? Are they going to remember your character? Are they going to buy your merch because of that? But if you can make that that little emotional connection, boom, yeah. you're good to go. You know, let me ask you, let me switch gears on you a little bit. So I actually, my last podcast I just did, I, I received a a, um, uh, a message from an anonymous source who was just really down in the dumps. Uh, basically, a significant other kicked him out of the house and he was really struggling. You've been, you know, through... Uh, you know, you, it sounds like you've been through a relationship breakup. What advice you got for somebody who's going through that? Oh, keep your head up for one. Like, mm-hmm. regardless of, of whatever the situation is, don't don't go don't go trying to push yourself back into their life. Like, if they're if they whatever whatever reason you guys split, just 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 walk away. Just just leave it alone. If they if they change their mind, let them change their mind and contact you. Don't don't try and force anything. Uh, they they say love. If if I could say this, they say love is like a fart. If you gotta force <laughs> it, it's probably crap. <laughs> so if if they want to go, let them go. Don't don't try and force anything. Keep your head up. Go focus on you. Weight training. Uh, mental health, uh, diet, whatever, whatever, whatever your passion is, go after that. And just if, if it's meant to be, they'll come back. And don't- you know, you know, what's interesting what you just said about that. Isn't it interesting? Like people, I don't think people connect how important physical health is to mental health. You know, like, yeah. like you just mentioned, like go to the gym, you know, diet, eat right, get sleep. Even yep. little things like stand up straight, look people in the eye and smile, you know, yep. those yep. types of things, think positively, Th- those types of things can completely change how, how you do things. Like I've gone through a lot of stuff over the last, you know, four or five years. It's been, it's been pretty horrific. I don't talk about it all publicly, you know, yet, but like I, we went through a lot of stuff. My kids have, have been through the ringer. You know, so have I, you know, the whole family just been through a bunch. And, yeah. and, uh, but the thing is, is even going through all that, I still achieved some really amazing things. I became a partner in my law firm. I've done well at work. I've done well, you know, I, I finished, you know, I did wrestling training. I started a podcast, like doing all these things. And if I had just kind of sat around and let all these things that have that were going wrong eat at me. I would have never gotten any of that stuff done, and I wouldn't have all this amazing stuff going on exactly. at the same time to keep me going. And so yeah. now, now you're you're past it. You are remarried. How long have you been married to your current wife? Uh, we got married in 2020. Oh wow! Like yeah, during during the pandemic or before? Well, we get blamed for the pandemic actually, because <laughs> <laughs> we flew we flew to Florida for our honeymoon. And uh, when we came back, everything had just, you know, gone down the toilet. So, oh, wow. So everybody always said, this is your guys' fault. So we're like, yeah. 
dude, that was that was such a crazy time. I was my my daughter and I were at the Kings game that shut down the NBA. Like we were, oh. we were there when they decided because Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz had like touched all this stuff and was making a joke about COVID and then got COVID, and a referee who was at the Kings game had touched Rudy Gobert. And so they decided to shut down the entire NBA and we were at the game. That was a, that was nuts. I couldn't imagine like being out of state when all that stuff was starting yeah. and coming back. We luck if we had gone like a week later, we would have been stuck in Florida. Wow. But, but we came back and then the boom, all of it happened. Man. Speaking so of COVID, oh, like mm-hmm. it almost took me out. Like I I was I was out of wrestling for a full year. Oh really? Yeah, you got co- you got COVID classic, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, got it, I got it twice, but the first time really messed me up, like, like legit. Like, I'm still on an inhaler, and I've never been on an inhaler in my life. Wow! It messed my lungs up so bad, like it was terrible. Hmm. And my, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm done. Like, there's nothing. I couldn't work out. I couldn't. I couldn't run. I couldn't do anything. Dude, that that's so different. That's so different than my experience. I was lucky enough to not to not get COVID until after I got vaccinated and all my kids got vaccinated. And then my daughter got COVID, and then you know she was scared, like you know, because she got she she got it. We yeah. test, she tested positive. I was like, all right, and I said, okay, we've done all the things. We've been healthy. Like we're gonna be fine. I mean, like I got it, and I think I had it for two days and I worked out the entire time. I could, it was just a little shortness of breath. Like it was just, it wasn't even as bad as a cold for me. So, but I, but I got it way later, you know, it gone through all its iterations. You got the original. We got the, me and my wife both got at the same time. And we just moved into this house and, and uh, Kaiser dropped off a big box of supplies and told us not to unpack anything don't mm. do anything, stay, stay isolated. So that's how we were for, you know, two weeks. Wow. Man. And it, yeah, it was, it was, it was real bad. The second man. time, cause we'd gotten vaccinated and everything else was, was just like you. It was like a cold and I felt fine. Yeah, man. First time. Yeah. It almost took me out. Like I was, I had already told Hastings like, Hey, I'm done. I can't, I can't breathe. I can't work out. Like I can't man. do anything. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's nuts, man. So, <laughs> so, so now tell me now. Talking about going back to the the your wife. So now you you're you got through it. You're now in the new relationship. How does how does your experience in your last relationship color your new relationship? Night and day. Mm. Like, I married like this. Second, I married my best friend. Like legit. Like. I couldn't ask for a better partner, a better spouse, lover, whatever you want to say. Like she hits the the nail on the head on every single thing. And yeah, we, yeah, we fight like, you know, argue like every couple does, but um, there's, it's really hard to like, everything happens for a reason. Like, <laughs> yeah. like looking back on it now, I can, I can see that, me and the first wife was that should have never happened. Mm. But I mean, that's where my kids came from. But um, it's it, it's really just night and day. It's like it 
when you find the right person, you just know. And, and I couldn't be more happy. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you bring that up because, um, it, everything happens for a reason. And looking back, you're like, Oh, now I see why all that happened. But man, when you're going through it, it's hard to do that. It is, it is very hard to see past that because you're just focused on first, you're like, what the hell just happened? And then, you know, all the stages afterwards. But then once you get there, it's just, you look back and you're like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. You know, that's yeah. why. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure like you, you, do you look now and you're just like, Oh, thank goodness. I'm not still in that. <laughs> Sometimes. Yes. Yeah. The funny part is actually me and the first wife get along better now mm. than we did together. Mm. So there's That's... like, there's no stress on the kids. There's no, there's, you know, there's nothing between me and her. So it's been, it's been real nice that way. Nice. And does she also, does she have a new, new guy in her life too that yep. you're going to have to deal with? He has actually come train with us a few times. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So me and him actually get along. So. It's it's whatever reason it was for this all to happen, we all we all pretty much get along. So it's it's been good. That's good. That's it, unfortunately not always the case. It is not because I got one, two, three, four friends right now going through it, and it's all bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be, man. It can it it can get it can get bad. I just had a I got a phone call today from somebody who, you know, was calling me, you know, from out of state, and was like, "Hey, what do I do?" There's a you know, there's a protective order and there's abuse and like all this stuff. And you're just like, man, you know, yeah. it's, it's hard to hear. It really is. It feels yeah. like everybody's just lost their minds. <laughs> My one buddy called me. He's like, Hey, how'd you get through this? And he's going over like his court papers and all this and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I can't tell you. Cause I didn't do none of that. Like we separated and, and then we just decided everything out of court and we've been cool ever since. Yeah. That was the end of it. Right. I don't, I don't know, but. <laughs> well, that's lucky, man. Like the people I know who've done that, like, you know, who've been able to amicably get, get done that way. They're so much happier than the people who had to go through the whole process. I mean, I have one friend who was just like, you know, a knockdown drag out, like, you know, and, and just, you know, started out like they were trying to be amicable and then, you know, one person does something out of whack and the next thing you know, everybody's just uh -huh. all over the place and you're just, and, and it's just, man, you know, it's rough. So, 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 so what advice would you, uh, you know, someone who's going through all that, going through, you know, worried about it, you said, don't, you know, um, uh, you know, don't go back, wait for them. Anything else that you could say that they might be able to do? It's really, it's really comes down to focus on yourself. Mm. Uh, because that that those thoughts will creep in and you will like spiral down and yeah do i've <laughs> the same but i've seen him do some stupid stuff that i told him don't do and he lets those thoughts get in it get in his head mm. and then he went and got in trouble mm. just just focus on you Wor worry about you and your kids if you have them and 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 don't let all that just fall by the wayside yeah, and you got to, you know, one of the things that I think is super important in these types of circumstances, they can, they can get very emotional. But man, like, if you can just keep a level head and really yeah. think about it and just think, okay, so 
you know, because if you can think long term, like I remember I had one friend who the guy just couldn't help himself. You know what I mean? He he would yeah. just he would send text messages or do these things. You know what I mean? And just couldn't help himself and ended up losing everything, you know, yeah. because he just couldn't stop himself from from, you know, couldn't withhold the emotional response. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, I mean, I think you're giving some good advice there in, in trying to focus on yourself, try to, you know, and, and try to focus on your kids and try to be just the best version of yourself you can be. Whatever it is you can focus on that'll get you out of that situation. I, I don't care if it's sitting in front of the TV playing Xbox <laughs> or PlayStation, yeah. whatever you prefer. Go do something, get, get away from that situation and don't, don't tread on it because it's just going to take you down and, and lead to all kinds of trouble. Mm. So, so do you ever have to deal, I'm assuming that your current wife, did, does she have a kid from another yes. relationship yep. as well? Okay. Yep. So there's, you're a completely blended family. Yep. Yep. So, so, uh, and, and me and him have, me and him <clears throat> were actually friends before me and her got back, to, got together. Mm. Uh, so I've I've known him a long time. Oh wow! Um, and then they they split like for years. Mm. Me and her ever started talking. He mm. he's actually the one to put that ceiling fan in. <laughs> oh nice! Yeah. Wow. So that wasn't weird for you? No, because we still talk. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it wasn't weird for you. Like it wasn't weird for you or him that you guys have been buddy for so long, and that's his ex and all that. Not really, because. I, I should say that we were we were closer years ago mm. than we are now. We had kind of fallen like we'd still like Facebook talk and memes and stuff, but never mm. really hung out like we used to, you know, fifteen years ago. Mm. So, yeah, it, it wasn't no. Oh, nice. It was cool. Well, that well, that's, that's why, cool, man. That's why I'm like everything happens for a reason. I've been extremely blessed with this, with with wrestling and with with the divorce and with the remarriage and the kids and everything has just been running like smooth. And I, <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Oh, you're, I mean, be grateful. That's, I, that's I, awesome. You know, every day. Cause yeah, I mean, that's something that's so important is if you're lucky enough to have a few moments of happiness in this life, like hang on to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause there's so many people out there that, that just aren't. So, and they're going through hard times. And so, so, so tell me then, what would you say is, uh, your, what would you consider to be your biggest success in life? Oh, without my kids. Yeah. Like being a, there's, there's nothing that can top being a dad. Like it is the greatest feeling in the world to be a father. Mm. And, and it's on different levels because because girls are a lot different than boys. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Versa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what I think is so funny, too? I, this is what I, I've shared this before on the podcast. One of the things that I find so interesting is that not, I have four, and none of them are the same. You know? And so, like, I can't parent any of them the same. I mean, my son got mad at me one time because my oldest son is kind of a guy that I got to kind of drill it into him, you okay. know, yeah. and then and my, but my youngest daughter is kind of sensitive. So he gets mad because I don't go hard on her, 
But I'm like, well, I can't. She'll crumble. I have to go hard on you to get you to get it. Her, you know, if I look at her wrong, she'll start crying. Yeah. I was. That's exactly where I thought you were going because my oldest gives me crap because I raised the twins a little bit different than I did her. And it's almost right. the same thing. Like, like I got to be on her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, why you let them get away? I'm like, because they're completely different people than you are. Like, yeah. you don't, it's not just universal parenting. Like each, each kid has different needs, different wants, you know, feelings, whatnot. And, yeah. and, and Bub is the same way. Like if I look at him wrong, like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, also, you're a different parent because like when you have that first one, man, like everything is a you know, you got to make oh, yeah. sure that they don't, you know, you're, you're sanitizing everything and you're like making sure that they're eating organic. You know what I mean? Like, the, I don't, uh, recovered. yeah, I think I, 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 like, I don't think my oldest son ate like fast food for like five years. You know what I mean? It just yeah. like, and you know, now, you know, my youngest, he's just sitting there, you know, we, we I, like, I limited screen time. He only got like a half hour a day for this amount my youngest, I mean, he's plays Apex Legends on his PlayStation almost all day. You know what I mean? You just it just becomes a different it just becomes a different animal. So, really? yeah. So uh, now we talked about success. What would you say is your biggest failure in life, and what did you learn from it? Uh, I don't know if I would call it a failure, but I would definitely say the first marriage. Mm. I don't know if I call it a failure. But I definitely learned a lot about love, about respect, about boundaries, uh, without going into much detail with all that stuff. But <laughs> right. But again, it's it's night and day, and just everything I've I've learned from that first marriage, not to do in this marriage, and you know, and everything, and just how to treat people. Um, call that a failure but well you know it's funny because you it's if you learn something from it and come out better is it really a failure yeah you know but at the same time though i think like the failures are where you learn the most yeah you know what i mean so i'd always like i stayed because i'd always promised myself i didn't want to divorce like my parents did Mm -hmm. because it sucked and i saw all the all the nasty crap that happened with them Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't want that for, for my kid. Excuse me. But then it eventually did happen. And then I I was adamant about making sure that everything stayed peaceful and stress-free for the kids. Because I, I remember all too well going through, <coughs> you know, how I felt, you know, at, at night, you know, looking up at the, at the ceiling wondering, how come mom and dad aren't together? Why are they always fighting? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. blah. I didn't want mine to have to go through that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, uh, man, so we've talked about, you know, your failure, your, your success. You've obviously, it sounds like you're, you're loving life right now. I really am. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, everything has just been so, so damn good lately. Like ever, I was trying to think about this the other day. Like, would I be wrestling if I was still in my first marriage? Like, I don't think the support that I get from my wife now 
I don't think I would I would have that in the first one. Mm. I and I don't I don't think I would because you know how we are. We get in our own heads about our matches, about about this mm. and that, and I you know whatever thoughts creep in there because they get me all the time. Sure. And and she's she's she is my rock that settles me down. To like, mm. you know, this is your dream. You're doing it. You know. Yeah. Look at everything that you've done so far. So why are you why are you still thinking this way? And I, you know. So yeah, yeah. I, I really don't think that I, honest to God, would be doing it if I was still in that first marriage. Yeah. Well, and you know, also another thing to think about is who knows. I mean, sometimes I'm sure you you think to yourself, "Man, I wish I would have had you back then," but maybe you weren't <laughs> ready. But maybe you weren't ready for that. Right. You know, at the time you needed to right. become you need to become who you are now to uh, appreciate who you're with now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Well, let me ask you this, this is when I ask everybody, you know, one day we're hoping way down the road, you know, 40, 50 years from now, you're going to pass away and there's yeah. going to be a funeral. And what would you want someone to say? What's the one thing you'd want in your eulogy? <laughs> it's not a onesie. <laughs> 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 nice nice well you know i gotta tell you man this is and this is legitimate um i've been around the wrestling business for a long time and everybody's got stories and everybody's got people that they like and people they don't like people they like to work people they don't like to work and one of the things that i've really liked about you in the short time that i've known you is nobody has a single bad word to say about you you <laughs> You know, and, and I and I can tell why. I mean, you're bringing the ring, you're setting it up, you're taking it down. I mean, every time I've shown up at a wrestling show that I'm working, you're there already. You're already setting everything up. You know what I mean? You got everything going. You do your match. You always put on a good match. You're always entertaining. You know what I mean? And you're the last guy to leave every single time. And that shows yeah. that shows a, a level of hard work that is definitely going to pay off. And and it really has like I mean that's <laughs> from Derevko to Maynard to Hastings to everybody and all these different promotions I've gone to, it's just been uh, uh, just a blessing. It's just from the hard work, and and I can thank my dad for that. <laughs> yeah, isn't it interesting? That's that's something that that my dad too, he had, you know, he's a great guy now. He had his demons when I was growing up, but man, that man worked and worked and worked and it really instilled a level of work ethic in me that got me to where I am today. Yeah. I, I can show you text messages from him that, that I send him all the time. Cause I'll just be like coming home from a, from a show and I'm by myself in the car and I'll like, People are going to make fun of me for this, but I'll start crying like legit. Well, I'll start mm. crying like because I had a damn good match and I'm thinking, man, I'm 40 something years old and I just had a wrestling match and the fans love me and, and and blah, 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 blah. And all this stuff happened. And then I and then it makes me like my thoughts, thoughts start going. I'm like, well, because I got this worth ethic from my dad. And that led to me meeting all these all these different people who vouched for me and got me into this promotion in order to have this match yeah so i'll send them a text message like dad i can't thank you enough i just had this awesome match 
the worth ethic that you instilled in me has paid off in more ways than you will ever know. And I and I love you. And he'll he'll always text back. You were worth it, son. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's so awesome. And you know, you you hope you just I just hope I would I, I can't even I can't even imagine like when you think about it, I mean, you're you're a father, you know, what I mean, and I don't think kids realize how much how much we worry about them you know i don't think they do no they don't and um sorry i'm getting choked up no that's okay um my oldest actually she had just she had sent me a text Just telling me thank you because she already got promoted to being a assistant manager at her job because she moved to Virginia and uh, she already got promoted and she said that her bosses just love her worth ethic and she just told them that's because of my dad and then she sent me a text just telling me thank you and it was the greatest thing I ever got in my life yeah yeah Sorry, sorry. No, don't apologize. Listen, man, I did I did a Just Me podcast that just dropped today, and I was crying like a baby <laughs> on, on that just because of some person sending me a message. So don't feel bad at all. When you talk about your kids, man, I, I, I love hearing that because, yeah, that's all we want. I, they don't they don't get it. They don't, you know, and I, and I was saying in, my la- in the last podcast, I don't want them to get it. You know what I mean? I don't want them to know, you know, like yeah. my son, my son recently told me, he was telling me about he went to a church camp for a week and he came back and he was talking about his he he had a really great spiritual experience and he mentioned to me he's like dad i've never seen you cry other than like uh, you know get bearing your testimony in church i've never seen you cry and i was sitting there and i was thinking to myself i was like you've never seen that because like i'm the type of guy who like i feel you've seen saving private ryan yeah seen the movie so you know that scene where tom hanks you know they, they have to bury their soldier and he goes off on the hill and he cries himself cries to himself and then comes back and doesn't let any of his soldiers see that right you know? yeah and that's I, th- I think I'm like that I I don't know how many times I've locked myself in the bedroom you know what I mean and just took some deep breaths because I didn't know how I was gonna make everything work you know what I mean and and they don't see that and they're not gonna know that you know he, your daughter probably as you as she was growing up gave you hell you know, many, oh, yeah. many, many times. <laughs> and, and it's great to hear that at some point she finally sees it. And she's, and, and when she gets older and has kids of her own, she's going to see it even more. I'm just now, my dad had a lot of demons. You know, he, he, he did, he was on and off of drugs during my childhood, finally went to rehab when I was about 16, 17, been clean ever since. Great guy, like model, model father. Like now he's, awesome couldn't say enough good things about him but like i didn't you know i am around his age now and i have a son that was my age like the age i was when he was going through his stuff and i'm just now starting to realize like the pressure he was under you know what i mean yeah and and you're sitting there and it's like you know uh they don't get they don't get how much we really care and love and if you're doing it right you know what i mean like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot of people who aren't but like who sit there and just how am i going to get this one through high school how am i going to get this one 
you know, how am I going to get this one to see their worth? How am I going to get this one to start eating better? You know what I mean? How, you know, like just all of these things, how am I going to help this person with this relationship issue they're having with their friend? Like it's just, it's, it's relentless and it never ends. It never ends. And she's, she's an adult living on her own job, car, you know, apartment. And I still worry about her. Like she was five years old still. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. That, okay. And that's, I, there's like, she got me this book. It's called your father's story. Oh, nice. So, and it, it's going through there and just, you know, just about my family and, and parents and everything. But there's a part in there I wrote for her. That's like, like kind of what you just said, there's stuff that my dad tried to instill in me and told me over and over. Cause I was hard headed mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. I like now I'm just now going, Oh, that's what dad was talking about. Now it makes sense. There's, I still get those like every now and then like, okay, this, let me, okay. They'll, 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 they'll snap into it at some point. They're not going to understand it right now. Like I didn't, but it'll come eventually. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's, it's true. You know, there's a, there's a quote, you know, I'm, I'm Mormon. So I'm, I'm pretty religious and there's something that Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon church said when he was asked, um, I can't remember who it was. It was some sort of journalist. I think he said to him, he goes, how do you get all of these people to follow everything so exactly? And he said, we teach them correct principles and they govern themselves. And I, I kind of, I love that quote for child rearing because, you know, everybody I know who like rules with an iron fist, you know what I mean? Like those people who just are like the thumb on their kid at all times and all yeah. that stuff. It never works out well, no. you know, but if you just keep instilling the, the tough, like the, the lessons that you need them to learn, you keep drilling it into them. And when they mess up, go, okay, this is, this, this is, is what I was talking about. This is what I was talking about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> My son, you know, he's, he's just now I've been drilling some things into him for years and he's just now getting it. You know what I mean? And, and that's okay. Like, you know, because what matters is when he's an adult, you know what I mean? When he's on his own, all these things. Yeah. 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 And, and hopefully you got a couple of them that can learn from the mistakes of the older ones. You know what I mean? (laughs) That type of stuff. Oh, fingers crossed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. What were you saying? I was just going to say that the, the, (laughs) my twins are, People say that they're 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 both of how do I describe this? Like I have those moments where I'm I'm a social butterfly, and then I have those other moments where I'm like, get the f away from me. Yeah. So the twins, Austin, my only my only son, is the social butterfly. Like, you tell him you got candy in your van, he's going. Like, <laughs> like tell him you can't just run up to people and stuff like that. And then his twin sister, Sam is is the other half of me like she won't talk to like you can you can just f off for all she can (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah Yeah. like like you said man like like we were talking about earlier all these kids they're all different they all come out different it's really it's so fascinating that you can seemingly raise them all in the same way but they all turn out so differently and respond so differently yep yep It's, it's awesome it's awesome. 
So, well, well, listen, man, it's it's been a pleasure getting to know you. I, this is what I love. See, you and I would have probably never met if it wasn't for wrestling. We got so much in common. You know right. what I mean? It's just, it's crazy. <laughs> that, and so. That's been another one of the blessings I've gotten from this is I've, I've made so many, so many damn good friends in this. Yeah. Business. yeah. It, it's just been unreal. Yeah. And, and they would, and I bet they would give the shirt off their back for you if they needed it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know if you know uh, Nuck Nuck Johnson, the ref, the referee. Yep. Oh, yeah. So he tells a story about the late Virgil Flynn, who was one of the greatest men I've ever met. He was such a good guy. He gave so many people opportunities and pulled so many people up who needed it. Yeah. But um, he tells a story. He's like, yeah, I was stuck in L.A. And he's like, and I called Virgil, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm stuck in L.A. I need some help. And he's like, he just called, his, he yelled at his wife, said, we're going to go pick up Nuck, and drove drove six hours to go pick him up brought him back. You know what I mean? Just that's the type of people that, you know, these wrestling people, it, it was funny. One time I, I was backstage at impact wrestling. I've told this story, I think on the podcast before too, is <clears throat> I, I was up at impact wrestling. I had done a ring rental uh, and did some promotion for them. So we were in Washington and I was helping with a meet and greet. And I remember I was like right in the middle of law school and I'd taken the weekend off to go do this tour and I was watching all these people walk through and just all this eclectic group of just only thing I could describe is like alternative people. You know what I mean? Just all these different lifestyles and, you know, different socioeconomic statuses. And I'm just like, there is no other place that I would ever <laughs> be in the same room as these people if it wasn't for wrestling. And I think that is cool. Yeah. And I, I look a lot of stuff going on, like, whether it's whether it's it's whatever hatred is going on or or racism or or some stupid you know whatever issue is happening you go to a wrestling event and you got everybody there and yeah. we're all one big happy family yeah i i can't i can't think of someone who walked away from an indie show mad you right. know <laughs> everybody like, had a great time now, unless you were there forced against your will, then maybe that's the only way. But you're going to end up down there with a smile. But I've taken people to an indie show who are not wrestling fans. You know what I mean? Like, I've gone with people to, to these shows, and they all have a good time. Oh, yeah. I finally, got my, I finally got my mom to come out to one, and it was the most fun she's had in years, she said. And she's been to, like, almost every one since. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Man. Well, listen, like I said, it's been great to talk to you. So where uh, where can people find you? Oh, Lordy. I'm all over social. Yeah. Uh, Roger Tripp Jr. Uh, on Facebook. Tripp underscore Rogers underscore CWA on Instagram. Ozzy6878 on Snapchat. I have a Twitter, but I really don't use it. So don't mm. worry about that one. <laughs> <laughs> you big, You big Ozzy guy? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, there you go. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm seeing him. I'm, I'm going down to the, uh, I think it's called power trip. The one down in Coachella or the oh, one. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I've, I've got tickets for that. I'm going, uh, it's, it's, uh, who, I can't remember which days are which, but it's basically, um, Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Ozzy, um, ACDC. Who else was there? And then uh, tool, 
and I want to say Iron Maiden. So right. over three days, I'm going to be sore. So, oh, yeah. but that'll be a good one. Yeah, because me, <laughs> if I may, Saturday night was a metal show slash wrestling show. Okay. So it was a band, <laughs> then it was a band, then it was a match. Me and Torchy just had a match. And so I was out there watching the band. Well, he snuck around me and started hugging me. And then I turned around and was like, what is going on? And I just started throwing, like, wrestling blows. And people thought we were fighting again. And then a <laughs> broke out. So then there's a mosh pit with all these all these kids and me and Torch. In our, we're still in our wrestling gear. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And I went, I went, oh, Lord, I am too old for this. <laughs> oh man, you're never too old. If you're you're never too old to to have a good time at a metal show. So Eric, black eye from it. <laughs> nice man. Well, well, listen, everybody who's li who's been gone this far, uh, appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. Um, uh, Trip, it's been great to have you on, and we'll have to have you back on for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. I had a blast. Thank you. All right, man. We'll see you guys later.